Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, in addition to taking thousands of American lives, millions overseas, and sickening millions, the COVID-19 pandemic has forced life-altering changes on folks of all ages, including middle age, and uh, so many lives uh, including perhaps yours and mine, have been turned upside down. And uh, social isolation, jobless, and economic hardship have become the new normal. And losing a job or one's small business is hard on anyone. But what if you are in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, nearing retirement, highly trained, qualified, and successful in your trade, and you love what you're doing, uh, and suddenly you lose your livelihood due to a business closure, cutback, or long-term layoff. Worse yet, although others are highly dependent on you, you must face the job loss challenge alone. And whether you are presently unemployed or fear the strong probability of being so in the near future, starting over in middle age may feel like an insurmountable task. But I have some good news. My next guest, Sandra Matheson, is here to help. Uh, Sandra overcame a similar midlife challenge herself a few years back and fought back with flying colors. And she has entered middle age, uh, entering middle age. She found herself recently divorced, unable to continue her career as a veterinarian because of work-related chemical sensitivities. And she... Uh, was stuck with a money-losing farm, and Sandra miraculously picked herself up and now operates a successful grass-fed beef and yak ranch in northwestern Washington State. She's also an avid photographer, a documentary film producer, and uh, she's a coach with a passion for helping folks like you and me become more successful in our personal and business lives. And you may recall that Sandra Matheson was a prior guest on our program back on May 27, 2019. But in view of the COVID-19 crisis, I thought this would be an ideal time to bring her back. And for those uh, who did not listen the last time, here's her biography. Growing up on a farm, Sandra is a retired veterinarian, currently an active rancher, author, educator, and regenerative agriculture, and uh, she's also co-founder and co-facilitator of the New Cowgirl Camp, and that sounds interesting. I'd like to attend one of those <laughs> intensive week-long experience for a woman. I'd just be an observer watching the women do the work. <laughs> Interested in uh, learning more about farming and the ranching life and business, but she also hopes a new rancher's camp a uh, similar interactive experience for both men and women. I guess I can go to that one. And she's author of the forthcoming book, 
perfect for the pandemic crisis uh, titled Thrive After 40, How to Seize the Life of Your Dreams. And hello, Sandra Matheson. It's great to have you back on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, thank you for having me back again. It's a pleasure. Well, let's begin. In your book's promo, you state many people have been pushed by the pandemic to the limits of their social and financial comfort. But you go on to add, but discomfort has an upside, and that may come as a surprise to an individual who has no clue how to pay this or next month's rent or mortgage. What is the upside of the discomfort? Well, discomfort allows us to realize that some things need to change. If we are kind of set in our routine and things are going along and, you know, everything seems to be fine, um, you know, we continue pretty much doing what we're doing. But when we become challenged um, in any sort of situation, and particularly with this the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, suddenly we're, you know, some of us are finding out that, um, you know, our business is dropping off or we, you know, are, we don't have a job. Um, you know, our income is cut. Um, maybe we rely on other people's, um, you know, paying rent if we have rental properties and suddenly people can't, don't have the money to pay their rent. You know, then what, what are you going to do? So meeting any sort of challenge like that causes us to really assess where we're at. Yeah, it's more urgent and more deeply felt out. If you have to, if you know you can't go back to precisely where you were, it forces you Mm -hmm. to explore new options. I I can hear that. Mm -hmm. Well, admittedly, on the uh, one of the benefits of the pandemic is forced time out for reexamination, but we simply can't go back. But do you have any suggestions on how to avoid panic, uh, which may encourage? encourage us to uh, take a shortcut and maybe accept the first job that comes along, even though it's not what we want. How do, how do we uh, set ourselves up so that we'll have the time to calmly assess what we really want to do? Well, I think the first first step is exactly what you just said, is to just sit down, take a deep breath. Um, you know, whether you sit at a computer or sit with a notepad and a pen, um, but really think about, okay, where am I at right now? Assess yeah. what your situation is. Assess, um, you know, what it is that, you know, we need to pay these bills. We need to do this. Um, I need to take care of, you know, family members. Um, yeah. I need to feed my kids. Um, so so to write down all of those things that we yeah. need to um, be able to know what we what we have to take care of. And, you know, if unfortunately, financially, there's no matter who we are or where we are, we have to worry about paying some kinds of bills, generally speaking, and yeah, buying groceries. It's so important that we uh, have a short-term budget. If have, whatever the source of income, whether we have savings we have to tap into, uh, whether we can take a second mortgage on our house, which perhaps is possible if you've got a lot of equity build up, or, uh, you know, maybe even sell that house if you have to, but something that will give us a source of income for a a fairly extended period that will give us time really to assess and decide on exactly what we want to do and then find that. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yes. 
Well, if we may, I'd like to discuss your upcoming book, Thrive After 40, and how it can help our listeners reinvent their lives following COVID-19. In reimagining our future, we will need to begin by assessing who we are today, as you pointed out, at midlife, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What are our disadvantages we are likely to uncover at middle age, disadvantages will disadvantages that we will need to accept, live with, uh, overcome, and build upon moving forward. Well, one of the, probably one of the first things is, and it's something that I realized when I got sick and wasn't able to work in veterinary practice anymore, it was really pretty much impossible for me yeah. as a middle-aged person to be able to find a job because... You know, they want people that are younger, you know, people, you know, that maybe didn't have as much much experience, maybe people they don't have to pay as much. And so I think we, you know, that unfortunately it's a reality that and our age is a highly specialized affect- skill and if you can't do, it's not really yeah. transferable to much else being a veterinarian, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Yeah, How and did you get so your um, the other money you you performed a miracle there. What? Oh yeah, yes, definitely. I mean, it was difficult at first. I mean, it was. I sat down one day and figured out how many hours I spent losing all that money. <laughs> that was a real eye opener. So I, that talking about being out of your comfort zone, that'll help you make a change really quick. (laughs) Figure out how you're going to make money instead of pouring time and money into something. Yeah, that was certainly great. uh... So one of the other things that I I feel is critically important is, um, is, yeah, so we do have that obstacle of our age against us. Um, there's, unfortunately, right now, there's a tremendous amount of competition. Um, and so we do have the advantage, though, that we have our with our, our age generally comes wisdom. And I, I think probably the most fun to say that we're a heck of a lot smarter than we were when we were, you know, really quite a bit younger. And we have that experience to guide us as well and we know what we want we know we can do we do have physical limitations that we have to worry about for me as a farmer it's getting harder to do that physical work and i need more help you know other other folks that can do the things that are heavy lifting i don't have a farm to run (laughs) i agree with you totally (laughs) on the age impacting our uh, energy and ability to do the heavy stuff well, let's face it, now that we're past 40, society, at least the Twitter society, dictates that we are old as a, an energetic <laughs> individual eager to renew our lives and career past age 40. How best can you counteract the notion that old means over the hill? <laughs> they convince people that we're more than ready and uh, eager to learn new things and take on new challenges. How do we do that? Well, I can tell you really, age, um, yes, we do have physical limitations. We do have physical changes as we get older. But really, our age is really a mental thing. It's a decision that we make. Because I know for me, I still feel, you know, I still feel like a kid. I like to have fun. I like to play with I like yeah. to learn new things. Um, so it really is an attitude, and it's a decision that we make. Um, and I know so many people that are younger than I am and 
look and act older and just, you know, and just exist. I've and talked to people so, in their 40s who sounded like they were in their 80s, and people in their mm-hmm. 80s that sounded like a young guy or gal. <laughs> so I yeah. agree. Totally. It's all in the mind. Yeah, and it, it is a decision that we make. And, um, you know, so I like to use the analogy of, um, yeah, so we're, we may be getting over the hill, but being up on that hill gives us the momentum to just take off and throw up our arms and say, you know, here I am, you know, the the second half of my life, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm going to have fun. Well, last time you were here, you talked in detail about the inner critic, uh, that voice inside that keeps warning us of our limitations. Uh, to strike out anew, how can we best silence this, this inner critic when it's holding us back or actually use it to our advantage? It does have some advantages sometimes to not do foolish things, but uh, tell us a little about uh, how we adapt to that inner critic. I think it's something that we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge what our fears are, you know, what we think we don't like about ourselves. Yeah. And we need to we need to put those things out there, just, you know, whether you write them down, um, say them out loud, but get them out there in the universe and then just be done with them. And then, then at that put point, them in think context. About, oh, Maybe uh, you were criticized when you were young and it has no relevance whatsoever today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But if we don't address those things, our fears and the things we don't like, um, if then they'll always be there kind of festering. But once we get them out there, then we can move forward. Then we can think about what are our strengths, what are the things we want to do, what are the things I'm good at, and what or what can I do better? Maybe there's there's something I don't like about myself. How can I do better? Yeah. So that's how we can use that. Yeah, that's great. Well, how best do we deal with the perceived and real limitations of aging? What is over 40 wisdom, as you call it? <laughs> well, I call it that experience. Um I mean, you know, you've you've heard the saying if you know, if I knew then what I know now, you know, we we would all probably do a lot of things a lot of things more differently. But um really it's taking advantage of that experience and all the things that we've learned and be able to put it into into play, put it into practice and and um, you know, so that now when we make decisions we can make better decisions. If we're thinking about getting into a relationship we know what didn't work before. We know what we will not accept. We know what we can live with now. And so those things are going to help us be able to move forward and just do better in in our middle aged and older years. Well, here's a tough one. What advice do you have for listeners who find themselves past 40, uh, their prior life altered forever by COVID-19, they lost their job or whatever, or their business went out of business, uh, now desiring to make a change, what would you recommend they do to get that going? Well, again, once again, assessing where you're at, assessing what are your what are your weaknesses, assessing what are your strengths, and taking a look at okay, um, what do I like to do? What you know, what makes my eyes light up when I talk about it? Yeah. Um, it, sometimes in the short term, we may have to do something to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, maybe it's something we don't enjoy, but for the short term, so long as it's not overwhelming. 
Yeah, as, yeah. As long as we can physically do it, and it's not gonna, you know, you know, make you know, it's not something we we completely hate, right? Because that all that's gonna do is add more stress. In my book, I recommend people uh, create an ideal vocation based on uh, what they really like to do, and actually write out a position description, and then you evaluate whether there really are any positions similar to that, and then perhaps you write a second real ideal position description based on reality and uh, mm-hmm. go from there. And uh, you can bend it then and uh, look at job ads or whatever you see on the Internet or in the some people still see those in the newspaper, and you compare those with your ideal. Uh, or if it's, a, if it's a startup, you do the same type of thing. Exactly, yeah. So you need to be able to know what is the ideal situation and then, you know, what are some steps that I can take to get there, um, you know, and, and how can I get as close to that as possible? Does it mean that I, maybe I can find a job like that or yeah. does it mean that I yeah. maybe need to consider striking out into, uh, you know, a new business that may be more, you know, relevant or, some, you know, something that I'm I'm very capable of, of doing? So... Yeah, it, you really need to look at what, you know, what's for the long term, what's important to you, what do you want to do, and you also have to think about what's what's relevant because, um, you know, some of the things that, you know, the previous jobs are just, they don't even exist anymore because, they, you know, maybe that technology doesn't isn't used yeah. anymore or, you know, we aren't doing things the same way we used to do. But so, yeah, we need to from the premise it is possible to have fun while earning a living. It doesn't have to be a chore. There are exactly, people who really yeah. enjoy what they do. Yeah. Well, I know your book has been delayed by the coronavirus, but uh, will that be available in the near future? How can people keep up with uh It's really it's a great book for people to have when the uh, coronavirus is over or even during the coronavirus. Uh, how can people keep up with uh, you and when that book will be available? Well, you can go to the website thriveafter40.com, and it is the, it is the words Thrive After and the numerals 40.com, yeah. thriveafter40.com. And it will give you a little bit more information about the book, and also um, there's a place to sign up so that I can keep you updated. And um, we had gotten, you know, a good ways through the editing process, and then it kind of had to stop a few months ago. And um, I'm hoping we can get started and get that finished and have it ready. And yeah, I, I want to read it. That's the plan. Well, let's say a, a, a listener would like to uh, retain you as a coach or explore your new cowgirl camp. Uh, where should they go? To learn more about the camp, sign up uh, or make contact with you. Or should they go to that same website or a different one? They can go to the same website if they want, would like more detailed information about the new rancher camps and the new cowgirl camps. Yeah. They could go to um, our organization's website, which is rootsofresilience.org. So that's oh. rootsofresilience.org. Resilience.org. Okay, and uh, is that that's not really a dude ranch. They actually have to get their hands dirty and do some serious <laughs> work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it you is. Pay and it, you do it, all the work. 
<laughs> well, this year we did have to cancel the camps, but we're actually doing some webinars online, and then next year we'll be able to have people come onto the ranches, probably in smaller numbers, depending oh. upon where we're at with the pandemic. But we do plan to to get back on on the ranches again, or have people come to the ranches again um, next year, and we'll have several camps planned. That's great. Well, in conclusion, COVID-19 is a frightening virus, and indeed it's a scary time, but with a positive outlook on the future and also a a time-filled assessing new opportunities, you can be in the end to know what you really want to do and have the peace of mind to keep at it. And if if your life is upside down, you are, or fear that it soon will be, uh, you uh, are faced with a question, do I pine over lost opportunities or do I sit down and decide what I'd really like to do and be? And please don't settle for just returning to life precisely the way it was because you can do better. And uh, I know of no better book than Thrive After 40, at least as described. We can't read the whole thing quite yet. But uh, to guide you in that midlife awakening, I suggest you keep up with that because it's a book I'd really want to read when it's available. And thank you so much, Sandra, for coming back and uh, cheering us up a bit. All right. Well, it's my pleasure to be here and talk to you. And Thank best you. of success with your new book, if indeed we ever get it published with this delay. <laughs> yes. And to all I, think, I think we're getting close now. So. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, thanks to my guest, Sandra Matheson, for her inspiring message on reinventing your life and thriving at it while recovering from and adapting to the COVID-19 pandemic. And before we go, I'd like to share some disturbing news from an article in the July 25, 2020 Wall Street Journal, along with a possible solution for individuals, parents uh, who are caught up in the current education dilemma. And the article's title is, Schools at Home, So Long Career. (laughs) Kind of a disturbing title. The article points out the start of the new school year is just around the corner, but with massive disruptions the COVID-19 pandemic is causing, there's no telling what it will look like. If you have kids in school, what's the word, if any, from your local school district? I know there's still a lot of, a lot of confusion out there. Uh, Well, if you live in Los Angeles, the nation's second largest school district, you already know that school will be fully online this fall, and that means you somehow have to manage working while supervising your children, not only ensuring that they are occupied and behaving, but also that they're keeping up with lessons. And in districts planning on hybrid models, such as New York City, you as a parent will need to manage child care and online learning on some days, and that will be even more complicated if your kids are on different schedules. And a school day and uh, uh, related scheduling is a problem not just for parents and children, As the article reminds us, it's a significant obstacle to the economy's ability to recover and to its long-term health. 
think about it, the negative economic consequences could be severe. I never really thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. There are nearly 60 million pre-kindergarten, elementary, middle, and high school students in the U.S. with online instruction, a poor substitute for actual time in school. Certainly a poor substitute for us parents. Many kids' education risk being diminished, not to mention the benefits of socialization they're going to lose. Most and more immediately, school closings and our opening delays are creating a child care crisis that will be hard for many parents to hold on. It'll make it hard for many parents to hold on to their jobs, making it even harder for either the labor market or consumer spending to recover to prior pandemic levels. Uh, Sarah Cajote, an economist at Columbia University, says it's best. It's not possible to fully commit to work if your kid is at home. You don't need an economist to tell you that. Well, I am an economist, and I agree. Uh, at least I was an economic major. There are uh, going to be parents who need to have their uh, leave their jobs to support their students at home. And based on what we know about the labor market and social norms, most of these people are going to be you women. As of 2019, there were 30.5 million families in the U.S. with children under 18 with at least one person working, and about half of those were married couples with both spouses working. Another quarter were married couples with one spouse working, and the rest were made up of single-parent households. In total, this amounts to, uh, to about 45 million working parents. In the study of last spring, when the pandemic got started, it revealed that 13.3% of working parents lost their job or reduced their hours because of lack of child care, and this fall may be even more fraught with danger. In the spring, many parents were off work anyway because of lockdowns or layoffs as companies shut down. Now, with more companies reopening and calling employees back, more parents will be left scrambling for child care. Also, many of the short-term arrangements parents stitch together in the spring to wrangle both their jobs and child care probably won't be sustainable throughout the fall. You can't keep asking someone to do you a favor forever. And you know what's even more tragic in this era of Black Lives Matter and demands for social justice? The kids and families who will suffer the most will be the poor, including minorities, just when we need to increase their education, uh, quality of education opportunities for equality. Uh, That's because wealthier parents may be able to afford tutors, babysitters, and the like, or send their kids to private schools that are more likely to be open. Now, as one expert predicts, if we don't address this, we will see more people dropping out of the workforce, just what we don't need. We often hear about more working from home, but that's far from easy, especially if you have small kids in the house. 
And also, as the Labor Department points out, more than half of U.S. workers have jobs that can't be performed from home. For example, how about police and fire, bus and truck drivers, paramedics, hospital physicians, nurses and technicians, factory workers, or restaurant employees? None of those can work from home. Single parents in these jobs who tend to be poor and female, not all of those professions, but some, are facing the terrible choice between the need for income and the safety and education of their children. And among married couples, in which women typically earn less than their husbands, it tends to be the wife's career that falls by the wayside. And uh, with all the career equality gains made by women over the, the past few decades be constrained, even reversed, well, I hope not. One expert predicts that many couples will fall back on the old-fashioned divisions of labor with wives looking somewhat like characters out of Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> For now, our economic recovery uh, and our economic recovery, it's probable that our children's inability to be in class regularly, if at all, will translate into lost work and income for many families, cutting into their ability and willingness to spend. And the longer this disruption goes on, the more anemic the recovery and the more the pandemic will affect our economic well-being and prosperity as a nation. If ever there was a problem in need of a solution, coming up with ways for our kids to safely attend school during the times of COVID-19 is it. Unless we're, uh, the problem is, unless we're members of our local school board, there's not a lot we as individuals can do except make our voices heard. But let's say the decision already has been or soon will be made, online education only, or this hybrid part-time attendance. Uh, is there anything we as parents can do to retain our job and yet ensure our kids' education this fall? Well, of course, I can't offer a magic solution, especially if the nature of work demands it be performed outside your home. But for those of you who can work at home every day or most days, here are a few ideas that may help you cope and succeed. Your purpose, if at all possible, is to separate work from all else, even when both take place under the same roof. And here are a few suggestions. First, block your calendar. For example, 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., you're at work, and maybe 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. every day you're at work. Uh, be sure to take an hour off each day for lunch uh, with the family. And in the afternoon, you might schedule hours for schoolwork and other uh, child-rearing needs. Uh, second, create a daily ritual. Uh, whenever you start work, go downstairs to work from your basement or a, a room designated your office. Uh, move from one area of the house to another. And if your kids are old enough to understand, instruct them not to bother you in your work space. But note, uh, if you're working in a separate area of the house, be sure to reserve five to ten minutes every hour to communicate with your kids and your spouse if he or she is also at home to resolve any urgent problems. And there will always be some urgent problem with kids. <laughs> 
third, create a workspace and a third space, as an expert call it. Create an area in your house other than your workspace where you can camp out to chill or calm down, maybe even have a coffee. This is the domestic substitute for Starbucks and uh, for your local after-work bar, and you won't get drunk driving from it. And before retreating, make sure you tell your family you'll be unavailable for a bit and don't over-utilize uh, the third space. Find try scheduling on times. If both you and your spouse work from home, you'll need to coordinate schedules to avoid overlaps, carve out protectable times, each one of you uh, can help with the kids' education and then carve out certain one of your. And uh, also, you need to make certain each day that one of you has a routine break for relaxation. You both need that, actually. At the end of each day, resolve that the two of you can get together to compare notes with or without your kids present. Compare notes on what you accomplished today and what you plan for tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but I earned a good living as an insurance broker while working in my basement for 18 years. But, of course, schools were open at that time. <laughs> if you need to supervise your kids' learning while at the same time performing a job, good luck. It's it is possible to enjoy both aspects of living, but it's not easy. You can learn to organize your life and to put yourself in charge, no matter how immediate or complex the challenge is. And above all, remind yourself routinely how much you love and are grateful for your spouse, for your own talents and ability to earn a living, and for each one of your kids, and ask for God's help to do the best you can to benefit their lives uh, while you enjoy earning a living every day. And that's the best any of us can hope for, isn't it? Tune in again next week when I'll have a highly esteemed guest who will suggest steps you can take to avoid burnout while working from home or from anywhere. Um, join us then and bye for now from Middle Age can be your best age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal training system by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com.